0: From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day.
1: Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm Jane Van Ryan. Nearly every gallon of gasoline sold in America today contains ethanol. This alcohol fuel is made primarily from corn here in the United States and it's blended into gasoline in accord with federal guidelines. Gasoline containing no more than 10% ethanol has been in the marketplace for several years. But recently, the Environmental Protection Agency decided to allow fuel containing up to 15% ethanol to be sold for 2007 and newer model vehicles. The decision was quite controversial, and API's Bob Greco is here today to explain. Hi, Bob. Thanks for coming to the studio.
0: Glad to be here. Thank you.
1: Now, at the outset, Bob, can you tell me, since you represent the oil industry, how does the oil industry feel about ethanol being added to gasoline?
0: Well, the oil industry supports the responsible use of ethanol in gasoline. We're currently implementing a congressional mandate, and actually over 90 percent of gasoline in the market right now has ethanol in it. And we are the largest user of ethanol. In fact, oil companies are investing in both corn-based ethanol and also future new advanced ethanol um, forms that haven't even been um, marketed yet. So there's a big interest in, 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 in providing safe and reliable fuels containing ethanol to our customers.
1: Yet the oil industry is quite concerned about E15 which is this new blend of gasoline that includes up to 15% ethanol because of the impact on consumers. Can you explain that? Why is that a problem?
0: Sure. As you mentioned, um, gasoline currently is is limited to 10% ethanol. That's called E10. Going from E10 to E15 is actually a 50% increase in the amount of ethanol in fuel, which is one of the biggest changes in gasoline that we've ever experienced. Cars and trucks on the road today have been warranted to operate on E10, or 10% ethanol blends. That's why we've been making that type of fuel. So to go beyond that is a decision that needs to be made very carefully in light of the hundreds of millions of cars and trucks on the road today that are currently designed and warranted to operate on no more than 10% ethanol.
1: But EPA is approving this E15 form of fuel for the newer vehicles only. Do they have studies showing that it's safe for the new vehicles and Do we have any reason to suspect it might cause problems in them?
0: Well, EPA is relying on a a single study largely funded by the Department of Energy that looked at one aspect of vehicle performance, namely catalytic converters, how how their performance is affected by higher levels of ethanol. But as auto companies and oil companies, our two industries are worried about much broader concerns with the consumer. For example, um, does higher levels of ethanol affect seals and gaskets on cars? Do they overload the evaporative emissions control systems on your car? Do they trigger um, your check engine light going off, which is a very real possibility? These are all problems that affect not only the emissions, but also the customer's experience with his car and his fuel. So we're very sensitive to that, and it's it's a significant legal liability that 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 we're concerned about. And that's why the auto and the oil companies have been testing, since 2008, a multimillion-dollar research program to look at precisely these impacts on cars.
1: Now, when consumers fill up at the pump, they have to choose between regular mid-grade or a high-test, a high-octane-type fuel. And those pumps are all labeled accordingly, so they know which nozzle to put into the fill pipe of their car. But what happens if If you end up with another blend of fuel, what how will the pumps be labeled if you have fifteen percent ethanol instead of ten percent ethanol? Because most of the pumps we see today have a sticker on them that says contains no more than ten percent ethanol.
0: You're right. EPA has proposed actually a labeling requirement, which we support the, uh, a label that clearly notes that a fuel now has fifteen percent ethanol instead of ten percent ethanol. Um, we and we submitted comments to EPA on that. Our concerns, however, are multiple with what EPA is proposing. First off, what EPA is proposing doesn't mean that the vehicle manufacturer endorses or or warrants the vehicle or small engine to use that new fuel, E15. Ultimately, we feel the customer needs to to consult with their engine or vehicle manufacturer to determine what fuel is suitable for that use. Secondly, the problem with this label is that it, it does not provide protection against misfueling which is a big concern of our members and the, and the and the service station owners because in effect even if you put this label on your pump and the customer either accidentally or intentionally misfuels and uses the wrong fuel in the wrong vehicle we have no legal liability protection because of that label
1: Now you you're talking about misfueling of course and we've been talking primarily about vehicles but how could E15 affect chainsaws, snowblowers, snowmobiles, pieces of, of equipment like that?
0: Yeah, EPA, in, in their waiver decision, has only approved um, E15 for cars and trucks, using cars and trucks. They specifically denied the, the use of E15 in smaller engines, such as chainsaws, motorcycles, leaf blowers, because there's no testing data to support their use. And we agree with that assessment. These smaller engines are less sophisticated than engines in cars and trucks, and can run significantly hotter as a result of using E15. And that could be a real safety problem in something like a chainsaw, for example. So the small engine manufacturers have been very concerned about this and, and have been very vocally opposed to a partial waiver. Just because when you think about when you fill up your car at the tank, you, you typically go, go from the nozzle of your, go, go from the, the fill pipe of your car right to the red portable tank that you're um, filling up for your for your small engines. So it's a very real threat and concern about with misfueling.
1: What about E-15 and the infrastructure at service stations, the underground storage tanks, the piping that comes from the under, underground tank up to the fuel dispenser and so on? Are there concerns about E-15's effect on that equipment as well?
0: Yes, certainly. Just as there are seals and gaskets in cars that can be affected by E-15, similar seals and gaskets can be found at the service station in the, in the pump above the ground in the, in the underground storage tank. Now, DOE um, recently released some test results of gas station dispensers, and the results were pretty sobering. About 70% of the older in- equipment in existence failed these tests, and about 30% of the new equipment failed these tests. And that's a real liability concern if you're thinking about it. If you're a service station owner and have to determine whether to use E15 in, a, um, in an existing underground storage tank, when the replacement cost for that storage tank could be fifty thousand to two hundred thousand, and basically the testing the DOE did is only above ground. They didn't even look at underground storage tanks, which have similar seals and gaskets. So it's a very, it's a huge unknown liability that we have to um, confront in considering whether whether to sell E15.
1: Possibly a safety issue or perhaps an environmental issue?
0: It's possibly both, actually. Sa- safety issue from gasoline leaking on the ground while customers are refueling their car, and, and an environmental issue if it were to leak into the into the groundwater around, um, around a service station from an underground storage tank.
1: Still, I understand that the EPA is considering expanding the use of E-15 to older vehicles, despite the fact that the testing isn't complete and, and there are these concerns. What do you think about that?
0: Well, we're very concerned about extending a, a decision that was already premature for the for the newer vehicles if they extend it to older vehicles. Right now, EPA has approved the use of E15 in 2007 and newer. Um, they are considering extending that to 2001 to 2006. So basically anything from 2001 and newer would, would, could use E15 according to EPA. That's, again, relying on some DOE testing. And is, and, is, and EPA has decided not to wait for the ongoing tests that the auto and the oil industry are doing on these similar older vehicles. So we're concerned that a shaky decision by EPA could be even shakier if they extend it.
1: This is all very perplexing, particularly for people who've made major investments, as people do, in their vehicles and other forms of equipment. So why do you think EPA would consider expanding the use of E15 when it appears that it potentially could be unsafe?
0: Well, any discussion of ethanol and gasoline has, it gets very political very quickly. Um, when you look at, the, at, at how parties aligned on this issue, the really the only pro- proponents of this were the ethanol manufacturers and the corn growers. The, the, uh, they're the folks who submitted this waiver request to EPA. Aligned up against it is a large and surprisingly diverse group of of interest that, that, that are, think it's a premature decision. That includes the oil industry and the auto industry, but it also includes environmental groups, it includes farm groups, it includes feed manufacturers, small engine manufacturers, sportsmen, consumer groups, all sharing a similar concern with EPA rushing to judgment on this decision. And in addition to our opposition, it's also attracted bipartisan opposition within Congress. So I would not be surprised if this year there were some hearings within Congress to really better understand and and probe EPA's decision-making on this um, waiver.
1: Clearly, this is going to be an issue to watch for the next several months or longer, perhaps. Yes, it will be. Thank you, Bob. I really appreciate you joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio.
0: Thank you, Jane. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.